Hello and welcome to the Pardit Podcast. Today I have a slightly difficult topic to deal with, parents and motorcycles and I don't know that I have clear answers but I think this will help. Before we start, subscribe, bell notification icon and please do share this video with your friends because I know that I think we'll make a little bit more sense of this mess by the time we end this episode. So, the first thing I want to be absolutely clear about is that no matter how adversarial the relationship is right now between your parents and you regarding motorcycles, they're trying to help. What they're really trying to do is to look out for you and they don't want you to get hurt, they don't want you to suffer and they want you to have the best life possible and they don't think motorcycles are going to do that for you. And to me, anybody who's struggling with their parents in terms of please buy me my first motorcycle, please let me buy my first motorcycle, please let me take my motorcycle out on the highway, please let me go to the racetrack, whatever the situation is, the first thing you have to bring to them the most important thing you have to convince them of is that motorcycling will improve your life. I have no doubt about it. I think motorcycles will improve everyone's life. I think anything that you are passionate about and if you put an effort into it will improve your life. But the first job that you have to take on if this is your challenge is you have to convince your parents that motorcycles are part of your life and they are not letting you live your life to the fullest if they won't allow you to do motorcycling. It's very easy to say it, it's very very difficult to do, right? So let me tell you about how it went for me. Now I'm lucky to come from a family where the parents believe firmly that if you're an adult then you should be able to make your own decisions. So I was in class 11 where my first classmate got his motorcycle, I was watching him come to school every day on that, I don't know about the legality of it but whatever, it was a Hero Honda Sleek and he would come to college every day on that thing and I would be riding my Atlas SLR or whatever to school. And every time I parked my bicycle next to his motorcycle, I wanted it, right? So I went back to my father and I said, hey dad, can I get a motorcycle? And he's like, why? And he's like, well, he's got it. And my dad said, that is between him and his parents. And if his parents are okay with him having a motorcycle, that's his family's problem. You will buy a motorcycle when you have the money to buy a motorcycle. But until A, that time and B, as long as you're living in my roof, as long as I'm living in my parents' house, he said motorcycles were taboo. There was no way that I was getting a motorcycle. Now the thing about my family is that when they say they're not going to interfere with decision making that you're doing on your own, they really mean it. So what I did is I spent the first year of my college, the summer holidays, uh, we did coaching classes so people could get into our college. That earned me, if I'm not mistaken, about four and a half or six thousand rupees or something like that. And I basically went to a kinetic Honda dealership because the other rule that my father put in the place is that the only thing I will interfere with is that the first thing you buy, the first two-wheeler will not be a motorcycle, it must be a scooter. Now the idea that a scooter is safer than a motorcycle is actually a hugely misfounded one, it's not actually true. Bigger wheels do make you safer but that's where my dad was at and no matter how much I tried, he was not convinced of this idea at that point. So I went to the nearest Kinetic Honda dealership because there was no way I was buying a scooter which put the engine on one side of the vehicle. Uh, whatever little I understood of physics and engineering, it did not make any sense to me. I wanted the engine in the center aligned to the frame and the Kinetic Honda was the only scooter there. And I told that guy that, hey listen, I live close by and I have 6,000 rupees, find me a scooter. And about a few days later, he did call me and say, I do have a scooter. And now you can imagine if the Kinetic Honda cost 35 or 38,000 rupees at that point of time, a 6,000 rupee scooter was not going to be in fantastic shape. So as it is with me, I am frightfully honest. I went up to my father and I said, hey dad, listen, uh, I've got 6,000 rupees from where? Uh, well, I did coaching classes and all of that. We helped a few students. We, I think, coached 10 people and two of them got into the college or whatever. And uh, I have 6,000 rupees. I have a scooter and we're going to go check out the scooter and buy it. Now at this point, remember, I was not 
a very smart guy in the sense I didn't have a mechanic who was going to come and evaluate the state of the scooter or anything. It was just a thing saying, I need a two-wheeler and my father will only allow me to have a scooter. I have 6,000 rupees, here's a scooter, let me buy it. Now my father decided to come with me to see this khatara that I was going to purchase, right? So he comes to the Kanadi Honda dealership, he looks at this really ratty old scooter and he says, that's what you're going to buy. And I said, well, that's what I can afford. And it took half an hour of back and forth until my dad said, listen, I'll tell you what. You go ahead and get a scooter, but you get a new one. And whatever's your gap, I will fund the gap and you will repay me in two years time. I will not charge you interest because I'm your parent, so I will do you this favor. And in the process, I got myself my first vehicle, which was a kinetic Honda. It was brand new. I rode it for a year. And then I was by that time in, in a job and I was able to sell that scooter on, buy a motorcycle out of the money. I took a loan for it. Uh, I had to get my employers to write me a letter saying my salary was actually much higher than it actually was. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't get that loan. But the fact is that that's where the process started. Now, on that day, if I dug in my heels and said, no, I will not listen to you. Uh, e, I will either buy this Khatara Kinetic with my own money. That is one way to do it. Or I will only buy a motorcycle. And if you won't permit me to do it, then we're going to have a big fight over it. Things would have gone south, right? So the first thing you have to understand about parents is, as much as they're trying to help, they may not always be thinking things through because just like you and me, they are human beings. They have a lot more experience accumulated. They probably have a better database to make good decisions on. But that's not necessarily your database or your life view, which means there might be a difference. So in my case, I accepted the idea that a scooter leans into a corner just like a motorcycle does. And if that's what they're happy about, I'll go and do it. And at that point, I brought myself to the point where I didn't need their support to buy this vehicle. And that immediately allowed me an advantage because in my family, once you've taken the decision, the resources you're committing are yours. I haven't asked you for fuel money or anything. The only thing I'm taking from my parents at that point is my college tuition and the fact that I'm living in their house, eating their food and all of those things. And to that, my dad said, hey, listen, that's my responsibility as a parent. Until you get a job and move out of the house, whatever you need, I will support you because that's my task as a parent. But that's where motorcycling began for me. It was an important lesson because filling fuel in that kinetic Honda as a college student was a challenge. Uh, I would take my friend every day from his house to the college and we would share the fuel money. That is one of the ways I funded that. Once I got a job, of course, there was a salary since I was staying at home. I didn't really have to worry about it too much. Uh, I had a salary, most of which went into the gas tank of my two RD350s. But in the process, now I am think I own my 10th motorcycle now in total from the beginning till now. I've never had to borrow any money from my parents because I think that's the wrong way to get a motorcycle. I've never had to borrow money to fill fuel in it. I've never had to borrow money to get them engine parts, servicing, tires, whatever it is. That's all part of what I learned that day. My point to you is, you have to convince your parents that you will be able to handle this because you are a responsible adult and that's really the key. The reason why when my first motorcycle came, there was no drama in my house is because I'd ridden that kinetic Honda for a full year, incident free, absolutely fast because the neighbors were reporting that your kid is going really fast. But they understood that I was wearing my helmet every single time. I had a denim jacket because it's the only riding gear that I could afford at the time. But they saw me take all the precautions and they saw the results of those precautions. It was a clean one year on the bike. I think it was 8,000 or 9,000 kilometers in that year. The kinetic Honda was basically whacked out, maxed all the way as often as possible. We went into Gurgaon for my uh, thesis, for my final uh, submission. And during that part, there was construction everywhere in Gurgaon. We went off-roading with it. That thing lived a full life in a year, but it unlocked the world of motorcycles for me. 
So that's one way to do it. If your family is willing to take you as a rational thinking adult, you've thought things through, you have a plan, maybe you can convince your parents that way. But fighting with them over this is only going to cause stress for them and for you and it's not really going to solve a problem. So that's point number one. The second point is sometimes a parent will allow you to have a motorcycle but it's like when you say that listen my friends are riding to this I don't know dam or mountain or beach which is 200-300 kilometers from my house suddenly they'll put the brakes on this thing saying no that's too risky. Again it's a matter of unlocking. Okay. If I were to go to my father and say hey listen the new space shuttle is going to get launched and I've signed up for it he's going to be worried too. I don't know if he'll say no but I know that he's going to be worried. But if I make small jumps, small jumps, small jumps and every jump is a little bit larger than the last one, then the jump, which is actually a very large one, looks much smaller. So maybe if you want to go on a 300 kilometer tour, do the 50 kilometer tour first. Show your parents that you're able to get out of the city, handle yourself, come back safely, then go do a 100 kilometer trip. Show them that this is just a small extension to what you did the last time around. Then do a 150 kilometer trip and come back and say, hey, I do this okay. And if you can do this successfully over three, four, five times, then when you say that I'm going to go there, stay overnight in a hotel and ride back, it's not really so big a deal. Especially if you're doing this with your own money. Remember, the biggest control your parents have over you is if you don't earn your own money, then they control your finances, which means all of this, including the permissions, can be yes. But if they say, hey, listen, handle your own finances and you ain't got any, you're not going to get very far. That's the third point I want to make. It's not your parents' job to get you a transportation solution. Okay. In my family, I bought my own two-wheelers, but my sister was given a car and I still have issues with that. But the reason is because we were in Delhi. And in Delhi, girls traveling in buses is not really a very pleasant experience. We had a car by then, which was not being used by my parents because their office was next door. So it was just simple to say, hey, listen, your college is six kilometers from here. Take the car and drive yourself every day. It made her independent. It gave her a mode of transport. It gave me a lot of envy and jealousy and sleepless nights. But the fact of the matter is that was the pragmatic solution for my parents. By this point, I was already on a motorcycle for three or four years and honestly that Hyundai Santro wasn't going to change my life. Although I have borrowed it on occasion. Being self-reliant means this is my life, this is what I want to do with it and these are all the things that I need to put in place so I can do those things and finance is one part of them. If you're going through college and all you do with your time is study a little bit, hang out in college, go partying with your friends and you're burning through cash that your parents give you an allowance, I don't know that this process leads you to your first motorcycle. A lot of the guys who had motorcycles as youngsters when we were leaving college in our first jobs were also the people who worked through their college years earning whatever money they could throughout because they thought having their own source of income was an important part of behaving like an adult. And I promise you, any parent, no matter how rational, irrational, old-fashioned or newfangled, all of them will appreciate the idea that you are working so you can earn some money. There was a point, I think, where I was a software engineer and there was a really cool restaurant in Delhi uh, where I used to work as a waiter on the weekend because I really enjoyed that experience. But working there was also part of my income and that income also went into my motorcycles. But what my parents saw was that instead of wasting my time on the weekend, I was out there doing something I enjoyed and earning some money from it. And once I earned that money, then my parents stopped telling me what to do with it. The final point I want to make is that if you look at it from a legal perspective, once you turn 18, you're allowed to vote for who's going to run the country, right? Buying a motorcycle should be really a much, much smaller decision to make, right? So do you really need to listen to your parents? And I know that this is the really, really sticky thing to talk about. Do you need to listen to your parents? And I'm not saying that rebel and run out and leave home and run away, and that's not the issue here. 
The issue here is at 18, in theory, you have enough of capability to think, to analyze data, to research data and figure out what's the right thing for you to do. And it doesn't always have to agree with your parents, especially if you're on the way to financial independence, if you're working enough to be able to earn your own income. I'm not saying fight with them. I'm not saying leave home. I'm saying be the adult in the situation. There is a difference between a child coming to a parent and say, Dad, listen, I'm 18, I have a driving license, I have a riding license, and I would like to get a motorcycle, and I have some amount of money which I'm willing to invest towards it. This is how I'm going to organize my fuel, this is how I'm going to pay for service, and this is what I plan to do with motorcycle, and it's really important to me. Is very different from an argument where the guy says, Papa, I motorcycle, It's just a child. And a parent will never give a motorcycle to a child. They will give a motorcycle to a young adult. I'm going to wrap this up and the last thing I want to say is if it comes easy, it's not always fun. I was reading a book on artificial intelligence recently and there's a great line in there which is there's a difference between climbing the Everest and being deposited on the top by a helicopter. Okay? Sometimes the reason why the passion builds is because for whatever reason your ability to explore that passion was restricted by something. So the last point I want to make is that don't always take the idea that your parents are in the way of you riding motorcycles as a negative. Sometimes the scarcity of motorcycles in your life will build your passion up so high that you won't be able to live without them. And remember, eventually, you're 18 today, but you'll be 25, 7 years from now, eventually you will leave home. And once you leave home, how much your parent can tell you to do is a choice you make. There are extremely close-knit families where parents are both permissive, which means, oh, you're outside the house and you want to buy a motorcycle, that's fine. Extremely restrictive. It doesn't matter how far you are from the house, you will do what I'm telling you to do. This entire spectrum is available. But once you're out of the house, what you do with your life, honestly, it's your decision. How adversarial this relationship is, how friendly this is, how well you're able to convince the parents, honestly, is still something that you're going to have to deal with. But don't always think of the idea that he has a motorcycle at 18 and I don't and that means my life is FML. Not always the case. In my case, I can trace the idea that I love motorcycles so much that I do this job for 21 years and I'm so excited about it every day. Comes straight from the fact that that guy had a motorcycle at 17 or 18. I didn't. And the amount of time I spent thinking about it and making plans for what will I do when I get my motorcycle is why I'm here today. That's where the love for motorcycle came from. It came from the lack of motorcycling, ironically speaking. This idea can be really hard to appreciate if you're very young because I think you live in an age of instant gratification where, you know, everything just happens to you naturally. And I think, and I know it's a negative and sounds like I'm judging you a little bit, but it does make your life easy because whatever you need, your parents are able to provide or you're able to get immediately. Uh, I mean, like Swiggy, for example, I mean, you want, you crave a dosa, you click three buttons and a dosa arrives. And yes, that is a very nice convenience to have. But I don't think everything should be instantly gratified like that. It reduces the importance and value of those things. And even today, I would rather work for it, earn it, and it'll be mine then have it happen easily for me, okay? Uh, I have, I'm lucky enough to have great friends who are willing to gift me really expensive things when they realize I want it. But I know that inside me, I value it more when I've had to work for it, earn it, achieve it, and then put together the sum of money or time or whatever it is to get that thing home because I worked for it, that's mine. And the value of that is very different from, um, 
I want this and then your friend says, yeah, I'm going to give you that for your birthday and then six months later it arrives. It's very, very nice. It's a great feeling. There's no two ways about it. I'm extremely grateful that I have friends like this. But the sense of achievement is just completely taken out of this because it was easy. If buying the Tuono and buying the Multistrada, buying the KTM, keeping them in tires and fuel was easy, I don't know that my life would be so rich. It's the fact that I struggle with all of these three things that I have to think about where will the money for the next tires come from to plan for it. To think about, I have three motorcycles, I would always want to have one more. Where is that motorcycle going to come from? How am I going to save money from it? What loan will I have to take? What EMI will it come with? That is all part of the experience that makes the experience nicer, richer and more valuable. So even if you're 18, 19, 20 and you're struggling with the idea saying, I don't have a motorcycle, my parents are not going to let me have a motorcycle, there is a silver lining to that. And the silver lining is because you've been made to wait when you finally get your first motorcycle, that experience will be bigger for it. Thank you so much for watching. This is the Pardif Podcast. If you'd like to discuss parents and motorcycles in more detail, leave us a comment. If there's other topics you'd like to see on the podcast, do the exact same thing. Leave us a comment and we'll get right on it. Before I leave you, I invite you to please hit the subscribe button, the bell notification icon. Give this video a thumbs up if you liked it. And I think there are a whole bunch of your friends who probably need to see this video because they think that their life is down in the dumps because their parents won't let them have a motorcycle. I think A, you can convince your parents. B, waiting is not necessarily a negative. And C, when you do get your motorcycle, especially after you've waited a really long time, I think your life become amazing because you waited. And finally, do not take motorcycles lightly. As much as they are life-changing devices, they are also entirely capable of hurting you, maiming you and killing you. So this is not a joke. A motorcycle is not something you get because all your friends have one. A motorcycle is something you bring home because you know it is going to require this much effort and it's going to give you this much reward. The bigger the risk is, the bigger the reward is and that's very much, very much the heart of motorcycling. Thank you so much for watching.